It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone here. And happy Labor Day weekend to you. Yay, we made it. We're at the final official last summer holiday for 2020. And oh, my goodness, what a it's been a doozy spring summer for 2020. So the main thing is, if you're still here, you're having a good time, hopefully you're barbecuing and brewing with your beer and your sodas, and maybe you're just drinking a glass of milk or something and cereal, I don't know, but just as long as you're having a good time and uh, just making the best of it. That's what we're trying to do. And uh, we're going to make the best of our Labor Day weekend by laboring, no pun intended, uh, to give you a show here. But before we get to our three guests, I've got some auditions for you. We got a lot of response from our auditions here. And so let's bring on our audition segment here really fast. Okay, audition number one. Are you dating or engaged to or married to, maybe you were expecting a baby with, a guy who's a mama's boy? Oh, yeah, don't you just hate that? <laughs> you love him, but he's a mama's boy. Oh, he loves his mommy. And we all love our mothers, of course, but this... Eh, this may be a little excessive mother smother. Oh my God, everything mommy says, he's just, ooh, yes, mommy. Well, if you are in love with, and, and he's a really cool guy, but he's just a mama's boy, there's help for you. There's a new reality show coming soon, and the producers want to document the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the funnies, and the crazies of what it's like to be in a relationship with someone who's a mama's boy. It sounds like it could be a lot of fun. I, I would definitely want to watch this show. But anyway, again, nationwide casting. They're looking for people everywhere. And this new reality show wants you to submit by email first your information, your name, full name, your telephone number, your uh, email address in the city and state where you live and just give a brief little little, little intro about your relationship. Uh, just why is it a mama's boy? Just some of the little things. You don't have to go into long details, but you need to email all of that information to castingdirector at magilla.tv. That's castingdirector at M-A-G-I-L-L-A dot TV, casting director at Magilla dot TV. If you are involved or married to a guy that you love very much, but he's just a mama's boy. So you could get an opportunity to be on a reality show and um, have some fun with it. And they're going to pay you. Yes, if you are selected. Okay, let's go to our second audition really fast here. Okay, this is kind of sort of, again, about relationships here. Uh, we all love the show and the book and the when it was a web series, Dirty John. 
Yeah, didn't it had a square, you know, a real scary ending there, but it was good, good viewing. So now producers are looking nationwide again, and this time they're looking to create a podcast, a, a web series podcast, and it will be uh, hosted by a very well-respected relationship expert who's an author and a life coach will be the host. So what they're looking for is this. Are you dating someone that you are not exactly 100% sure they are who they say they are? Are there some things about the person that are just not adding up on the calculator there? Are, are they, you know, do you think they're living a double life or something? It's just, you know, you like the person, but it's just something not, mm, not quite right. So if that is the, the case, if that's your situation, this, um, production company, they are looking and want to talk to you about that type of a relationship for uh, a new reality show. So what you also need to do, same thing, uh, send your name, city and state where you live, your phone number and an email address of how you can be contacted. And you need to email that to Caroline, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E at Pitman, P-I-T-M-A-N, productions.com. And that's productions with an S. But first, before you uh, email Caroline, there's a questionnaire that you need to fill out. You need to go to this website, podcast dash casting.com. And there you can see the questionnaire, fill it out. And then if you have any further questions, you contact Caroline at pitmanproductions.com. And again, that website for the questionnaire is podcast-casting.com. Fill it out, tell them what they are needing to know about you, whatever they need. And who knows, you might get selected to be a part of this uh, nationwide new podcast series that they are putting together. And you might be, you know, the center of attention for it. And you will be coached and uh, talked to by a real professional relationship expert, best-selling author and a life coach. So good luck with those auditions. Hopefully you will get selected. And if you do, we can have you on our show. So we'll be back with more of Film Festival Radio with our first guest right after this. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone here. And let's get to our first guest here. Well, what would we do without the Weather Channel? Oh, my word. I am such a Weather Channel person. It's unbelievable. And obviously, millions of you out there are, too. And they have uh, their, a new meteorologist. And we've all seen him. 
good-looking guy, knows his ABCs and 123s when it comes to clouds and thunderstorms and such. We're talking about Jordan Steele, and he is also the host of a brand new show called Weather Today, and it is uh, on the Quibi. Yeah, Quibi, the, you know, you know Quibi, the mobile um, short-form video app. You have to go download it. Yeah, go. I need to go download it. I've seen uh, other people who have it. And so let me just go ahead and become a subscriber as well. But uh, Weather Today is on the Quibi uh, app there. Your app store, get it. For those of you who already have it, I might be the one who's left, left behind here. But uh, you can see Jordan's show, Weather Today, on Quibi. And of course, you can see him on the Weather Channel. He is... Uh, TWC's latest new meteorologist, and he is going to be our guest starting uh, in a few seconds here as soon as he calls in. Got a lot to ask him about how does, how does one become a meteorologist? Of course, you go to school and college for it, but how did he get into it? So there's a lot of things that I want to ask him. I'm sure that you want to know as well. So I see the red light flashing. The Batman light is flashing. So let's bring on Jordan Steele, meteorologist with the Weather Channel right now. Let's do it. Okay. Hello, Mr. Jordan. How are you this beautiful afternoon? I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, a little warm, but you know what? It's fall, so it's going to cool down very soon. How are you? I'm very good. I'm in bright, sunny Las Vegas, where it's always sunny, but I understand that you are kind of sort of from this region of the, the country, the Arizona area, so you know all about that. And you are an official, 100% bona fide, licensed meteorologist with the Weather Channel. And that's one of my favorite channels. I'm a weather girl. <laughs> oh, man, it's uh, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, you know, everybody goes up looking at the weather, and then maybe you turn on the Weather Channel, and you see these people talking about it and then you get more interested and you just follow what they do and then one day you get to work with them and you pinch yourself you're like wait a second i'm here with these guys this is crazy yeah it has to be exciting of course so but you are just let everybody know that uh you are the host of the brand new show the uh called weather today which is uh by the weather channel but it is on Quibi, the new uh, short-form video platform, Quibi. So for people who want to get Quibi, go to your app store and you download it and, and take the instructions from there. So, Jordan, tell us all about Weather Today, the new show. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, this concept, this idea for the app Quibi, um, you know, it's pretty unique. It stands for Quick Bites. Right, so everything on the platform is ten minutes or less, and um, the the uh, upper management really wanted to see, you know, what kind of content they wanted to provide for their app. And one of them was, of course, weather today. I think they saw a need that uh, everybody's curious about the weather, and it seems like the trends we're seeing hotter places. There's a lot more flooding going on. I mean, we just had hurricanes. There's, there's always something to talk about. I mean, yes, the fires are going crazy, and so weather plays a key role in our daily lives. And so they partnered with the Weather Channel. They produced content, uh, the, the show called Weather Today, and it's really fun. We basically jam-packed in 
the biggest weather stories of the day, one, maybe two, maybe three, and we really focus on what's happening in this area and, more importantly, the why. Because if you're watching in Las Vegas and I'm talking to you about this crazy hurricane coming into the Gulf, it might not be impacting you that much. But when I get into the science of it and I show you, like, how the storm is forming and what it takes to create a storm to size, that's when it piques everybody's interest, right? It's like, oh, now we're kind of geeking out and we're learning <laughs> about clouds and wind flow. And, and, um, and I think it's a lot of fun. We've gotten a lot of feedback that people say the science portion of it is, is one of the reasons they keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I travel, well, when everybody was traveling, <laughs> travel a lot. And I grew up in, you mentioned the Gulf Coast area, I grew up in Houston. And so I am just very conscientious about weather when I travel, especially the East Coast, Chicago. Oh my gosh, Chicago and their weather. But nothing against Chicago, but your weather is scary. But, okay, so... We just, as you mentioned, you we just finished a big hurricane, Karen. There, so um, were you uh, one of the meteorologists? Were you in the 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 thick of it and getting out there with Jim Cantori and all of them, or what? Yeah, yeah, no, that was um, that was the plan. You know, you you the hardest part about it is these forecasts. These big, what we call synoptic wind flows, can have microscopic impact. So what we do is when we're tracking hurricanes is you look at the big overall wind flow. And if that wind flow shifts just a little bit, it drastically changes where that hurricane can make landfall. So for the Weather Channel's perspective, we got people spread out all across the Gulf because today's forecast will change tomorrow. We know that. And so we had people from Houston all the way up into uh, Arkansas and then, of course, down along the Gulf. And so I was just lucky enough to be partnered with Stephanie Abrams and Jim Cantori, and we were in Lake Charles, and that's right where that storm moved through, and so we were in the thick of it. It was the it was the craziest weather experience I've ever been in, to be honest. Wow. It looked very, very scary. Oh, my goodness. I've, growing up, I've been in several hurricanes living in Houston. So um, have you had a chance? Do you hang out with those storm chaser guys or, or what? No, no, I have not. My career has not led me to be a storm chaser. So when you talk about some of those people that are chasing tornadoes in Tornado Alley or Dixie Alley, um, I have not been in the field doing that. You know, I've been in the studio. You know, whenever the weather gets bad, um, you're in the studio trying to let the public know where to stay safe and where the bad stuff is. So rarely am I in the field showing it. so I'm, I'm always the one inside tracking those storms from an insider's point of view. So being on the ground for this storm, it was quite the experience. Is that something that you really want to do? Do you want to hang out with some storm chasers and see what that's like or, or what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, I would say it would be something to put on my bucket list, but it's not something that I have, you know, strived for my entire life. Some of these folks, you know, born in let's say Oklahoma City yeah you know at six years old they know right away I look at that tornado that is what I want to do for the rest of my life I want to chase that thing and I want to show people where it's going I want to look at the raw power of mother nature for me uh, I never had that initial feeling I really respect it and I enjoy it and I love the science portion of it but I don't necessarily need to be in the field looking in that thing however it would be kind of nice to 
shout out one of them and check it out well if you do jordan i will be cheering you on safely at home but you will have my support <laughs> oh Wonderful. my goodness well now um looking at my notes here you were a chief meteorologist uh up in the seattle area now of course as we know seattle really has a variety of weathers and snow and rain and all of that kind of stuff so what was the most scariest or most exciting, I guess I could say, incident dealing with the weather that you had as a meteorologist in, in the Pacific Northwest? Well, let's see. Seattle area specifically, um, I love forecasting snow. So snow is brings joy to me. I love snow. Um, it's not as life and death as severe weather. Now it can be very scary when you get icy roads, but um, there's just this joy to forecasting snow that I like. The craziest storm I covered in Seattle was basically just like a, a rare thunderstorm day when we had uh, isolated little tiny, you know, tornadoes pop up to be um, the largest I've ever seen there is EF2. Um, but that was, a, that was a fun day because you, you kind of get into the severe weather element. But more striking than that one was back in 2011 when I worked all the way in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, we had the Japan earthquake and we had a tsunami that was headed right through the Pacific coast and all morning we were watching that wave come and, and um, it, you know, it's, it's not necessarily weather driven, but you, you, you know, as the, as the meteorologist at a TV station, you kind of all things science. And when that, that quake happened, it was, um, it was really interesting to see how that was going to form for the Pacific Northwest. And I think the most unique thing was, you know, days, if not months later, when stuff started washing up on the beaches of Oregon and Washington, that came all the way from Japan. It was crazy. That is scary. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, okay. But being so, in the Pacific Northwest, one thing that we always have to, like, you know, make sure people are aware of is the big one. You know, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a huge quake coming at some point. It might not happen for 50 years. It might happen tomorrow, but they know it's coming. And then you've got those big volcanoes sitting right there. Yes. You know, if Rainier were to erupt or St. Helens again, I mean, that's something that we are always keeping people informed about. Cause that's one of those things that, you know, it could just happen without, without warning. And so, okay, we're still in hurricane season. So what's on the immediate forecast? Is there any more storms in the Atlantic or in the Gulf or that you can tell us as of today? Yeah. Sure. So we just had the earliest O and N name storms on record. We've never had a storm this early in the N letter of the alphabet come to fruition. And we've got Nana right now in the Caribbean heading towards Belize. We've got more tropical entities coming off of the African coast. Next week looks quiet, but the week after looks like it'll be active again. And I think by the time we head into end of September and even through October, it's going to be um, just coming left and right because the forecast continues to show us that the waters are so warm. There's not a lot of what we call wind shear. So anything going off the African coast has a lot of time to form into a tropical storm. And then you just got to look at the wind and see where it's going to hit. So hurricanes primarily, the, the bulk of them form uh, in the, the Atlantic Ocean near Africa. Is that primarily where they come from mostly or what? Well, we get storms that form. Just last week we had a storm. Was this? No, this week. Sorry about that. Just this week we had a storm that formed off of the North Carolina coast. And um, that thing just popped up, you know, out of nowhere. Then you got some storms that can form in the Atlantic. And so you have to look at the entire spectrum. 
Yeah, it, it scares me because I have friends that normally go on cruises and such, and I don't know why this. It seems like their jobs always require that they go during hurricane season, their vacation time. I don't know why they keep doing that, but yeah, it's scary for me, at least. Well, in a lot of these islands, I mean, they think on tropical systems to bring them their, their rainfall, you know, and mm -hmm. a lot of the times you get a tropical storm. And if you can keep that wind threat to 35 miles per hour or less, it's really not going to be that bad unless that storm, you know, works, you know, it's really the eye you have to worry about. So, um, you know, more often than not, you get these storms coming through, but as long as that main part doesn't move over your island or your area, you can be okay. Um, now, when it comes to such a huge land mass like the U.S., there's a lot of factors that go into it other than like a smaller island. And, uh, flooding is a huge issue. Storm surge is a big issue. We've got a lot of our properties right on the beach, so all the time we get flooding. And um, with our terrain, you get tornadoes that pop up with hurricanes, and that could be a, a problem. We saw that with DCIES several weeks ago when it moved up the I-95 corridor. We had uh, so many tornado warnings all the way from Florida, and it popped up all the way into Maine. I remember that. I remember watching you guys, and I was just amazed that it stretched so far north there. So, okay, the Weather Channel, the advent and creation of the Weather Channel has, to me, it has really made being a meteorologist really, really cool. You know, it's just a really cool thing because, as you know, when we were growing up, if you liked the weather stuff like me, you were kind of looked at as a nerd and as a geek. But thanks to the Weather Channel, it's hip. So, so how did you, yeah. the, the, the summary of how did you, get into being a meteorologist? I think deep down there's just this, there is this affinity for the unknown. And there's this uh, love for the raw power of Mother Nature. And weather impacts all of us every day. I mean, I am not one. I'm not the kid who is six years old who's like, I want to be a tornado chaser or a meteorologist. I, I, did, I grew up most of my life in the desert southwest, like weather was almost non-existent, right? And so I didn't come to appreciate weather till I was in college and I started to look at it. I'm like, man, this thing is so cool. Once I started to learn about the simplicities of how a cloud forms and how does a rainbow come to, you know, alive and why are raindrops larger in this part of the region and smaller here? What creates a snowflake? It was just like, this is super unique. This is crazy. And, and then I just started to have this love for it later on. And now it's just one of those things. That I'm like, man, I'm just very fortunate. I can make a career out of it because it is cool. And it is something that impacts all of us. But I think science right now, we're, we're, we're in this trend where no matter what kind of science it is, chemistry, biology, we're trying to make science cool because it's important. Like if we don't make science cool, which it is cool, then maybe less people will get into the field because at one point it was considered that you know, that quote-unquote nerd or, um, oh, you must be bringing out your science with. But the reality is, I mean, science is all around us, and um, it, it's cool to know so you can understand the fundamentals of life. Yeah, it is. So it's no longer, you know, with the I had thick glasses and all that stuff too. But, yeah, as I said, you guys have really made being a, a meteorologist and just the study of science and meteorology very cool. Very, You know, so you look cool and you're smart. So that's a, that's a winning combo there, right there. <laughs> so, okay. That, that's courtesy of the weather channel. They, they make you look cool.
Oh, they do. They really do. So what should kids who are listening out there with their parents, what should, what kind of courses, we know science, but what else should they be doing if they're really thinking about wanting us to have a, to have a serious career in meteorology? What, what should they be doing like middle school age? Uh, you gotta, you gotta go to the basics, right? I mean, you gotta understand my like, reading is so important for no matter what you're going to do. And math is huge. Um, and, and, and it's intimidating, right? So math can be intimidating science, engineering, physics. I mean, I took some of these classes in high school, and I was like, I can't stand it. I took chemistry in a summer class. I jammed everything in six weeks, learned about mold, and I was and I'm like, this is not fun at all. But if you could find a way to make it fun, because it can be fun, and unfortunately, sometimes the school atmosphere makes it so it's not fun. But if you could just even look at some science stuff on YouTube, I mean, even Bill Nye coming back and doing some more cool things for kids and young adults, like showing you how science is cool. If you could make it fun, then you're really going to enjoy some of those math classes and science classes that you typically wouldn't because you know the bigger picture is like, I really want to do this stuff, but i got to know how it works first. And to know how it works, sometimes you got to get at the book and study it, but that all will help you later on. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were several weather classes that I'm like, why am I taking this? This is making no sense. But, you know, looking back, it, it all builds that base. And so I think, um, you know, math, science, and just read and keep it to the basics, and you're going to do just fine. And keep watching you guys on the Weather Channel, too. Keep you inspired. <laughs> well, that's rule number one, because that's going to get your interest, right? That's going to drive your interest. When you see us talking about it, you're going to be like, wow, that's, I really want to do that. And finally... How can people contact you directly if they have a question about weather or if there may be some kids want to ask you a direct question? Sure. What, what do they need to do? Yeah. Oh, man, it's so easy with technology these days. And I try to respond to everybody. So you can, I mean, message me on Facebook. Uh, you could direct message me on Twitter or just tweet me. And I'll respond to you. Uh, Instagram is easy. Uh, just look for Jordan Steele. So on Twitter, it's funny. Tw- Twitter, you can just search twitter.com slash Jordan Steele. But on Facebook and Instagram, on TV's Jordan Steele, so TVS Jordan Steele. And you can just ask me whatever you want. I'd, I'd love to share information or teach you anything you want to know. Yeah, we'll ask about those cumulus clouds and, like you said earlier, how are rainbows sure. formed? I think that's going to be one of my questions. I'm going to email you. How do rain? What are these rainbows? How, how do they really come about? So that would be my question. Yeah, and, and the cool <laughs> thing is if, if people check out Quibi, Every day we have a, what's called Here's the Science section. It's about a minute long, and I've broken down rainbows. We've taken a look at the rover heading to Mars. I mean, we've wow. done so much. Tornadoes, water spouts, funnel clouds, and you can really, we've got this cool computer program that'll just show everything and how it forms. It's really neat. So, you know, start your, um, your quest for weather knowledge there. All right, Quibi. So everybody needs to go get Quibi, go to their app store and download and get Quibi, including me. I've seen previews of it, but I'll tell you this one last thing, Jordan. Even though I know it's dangerous as all get out, I am fascinated by looking at beautiful lava, volcano lava when it's flowing. It is so beautiful, but scary. Oh, it's mesmerizing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it's like a campfire when you're camping. You know, you just get sucked into the the crackling and the red and you just kind of go in this trance and lava's the same way but whoo that could put off some heat oh yeah yeah and it's reshaping the earth as it rolls i mean it's i told you i'm a geek uh-huh. at heart here about this stuff so but anyway 
Jordan, thank you so much uh, for chatting with us, giving us some insight as to how your daily work works and how you got into being a meteorologist. And so once we see you again on the Weather Channel, we will know a little bit more about you and, of course, tune in on Quibi. So thank you so much for being my guest today. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll see you on the Weather Channel and Quibi. Okay, sounds good. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone will be right back after this. Okay, thank you so much, Jordan, for uh, clearing up a lot of things for me that I did not know, starting with Quibi. I did not know what Quibi stands for. Quick. Bites, Q-U-I-B-I. Okay, got it. Oh my goodness, Jordan, thank you for that. And also thank you for clearing up a lot of uh, questions I had about meteorology and such. So I don't know why I just didn't ever, I know you had to study a lot of science, but when he said you also have to study a lot of math, that's where I dropped out right there. But hey, parents, students out there, if you want to become a weather person like Jordan and Jim Cantori and all the rest of the fine people at the Weather Channel, Get those math skills together, or maybe you already have them together, and uh, you could be like Jordan and the rest of the guys there and ladies on the Weather Channel. So anyway, uh, we will move right on to... No, no, no. What? Okay, we're taking a break. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, our next two guests are Diamond and Silk. Yes, those ladies, they are video bloggers. They are multi-busy former Fox Nation host. They're on another uh, network channel now. Uh, they are political activists, avid President Trump supporters. And these two politically conservative sisters, they're biological sisters, they're going to uh, come on next and they're going to be talking about their brand new book that just came out about two weeks ago. The title of it is Uprising, who the hell said you can't ditch and switch? The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. A long title, but these ladies, as always, have a lot to say. Plus, they're going to also give their commentary and their views about their favorite presidential candidate, Donald Trump himself, and a lot more that we'll be discussing with Diamond and Silk. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Film Festival Radio right after this. Okay, everybody, uh, we have them. We have probably two of the most controversial, much-talked-about sisters uh, since Venus and Serena Williams. So we have Diamond and Silk here. Again, we had them on our show about, ladies, what was that when the president was campaigning but about four years ago, I assume. And now we have you ladies back. You have a new book. I love this title, Uprising, Who the Hell Says You Can't Ditch and Switch? The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. And we have Diamond and we have Silk and ladies, hello. Hi, hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Okay, so let's just jump right in here and get all muddy and dirty right now. Uh, Why the book? Were you asked to do the book, or did you decide on your own you were going to do this book? Well, first of 
First of all, let me just say this here. You, you mentioned the word controversial. We're not controversial. We're, and we're not politically correct. We're politically direct. And the book came about because we noticed how the left-wing media started uh, vilifying us and demonizing us and, and putting out misinformation and yeah. just putting out things that wasn't true about us. So we thought it was imperative that we write a book to let people know who we are, where we come from, mm -hmm. um, what um, happened to us. Our experience being thrust into this political arena. We talk about censorship. We talk about the liberal ideology. We talk about even this pandemic. So we talk about a host of things in the book. So you could say that we're just two black chicks who's down with politics. And if anybody think we're controversial, they think we're controversial because they don't have a comeback to our common sense approach. Yeah, everything that we're talking. I was about. just about to say. See, a lot of times people misconstrue our opinions and because our opinions do not fit a person's narrative or the status quo, they want to fight against it. Well, I feel that it's different strokes for different folks and everybody should be entitled to have their opinion without controversy. And so with Diamond and Silk and with the media, the way that they try to care to assassinate us by taking our opinions and what we say or what we do and twist it, misconstrued it or dissect it to make it appear a particular way to fit their negative narrative, we said, you know what, it's time for us to write our truth so that people can know who we are, where we come from. And that's what we decided to do. And the name of the book is Uprising. Who the hell said you can't ditch and switch? The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. And you can get the book at diamondandsilkbook.com. Okay. And so let's go back for a minute. So before you ladies were household names as Diamond and Silk, you are Lynette Hardaway and Rochelle Richardson. So how did you ladies come up with the name Diamond and Silk? How did that come about? Well, being thrust into this political arena, it was very nasty and dangerous. And yeah, back in 2015, yeah. we didn't want people showing up at our homes, so we had to go back and we had to pull our little names that we used to play with back in the day. And if you read the book, we thought, we, we speak about that, mm -hmm. how we used to play and the things that we used to do and the things that we would make up. That's so right. we had to come out with that. We didn't know it was going to be a household name, like right. Teachers and Herb, yeah. uh, <laughs> Minnie and Mark, or Mark and Minnie. And we, we just didn't know that. I we didn't realize. I, my name, I was stuck between Silk or Slick. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I just said Silk. And so she picked the name she wanted. Right. And because she, she's the, you know, the one that speaks the most, then she became first. So it was Diamond and Silk. We just did not know that it was, like she said, going to be a household name. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, you ladies are sisters, of course, we mentioned and already know. Yeah. And uh, life started in North Carolina. And so what was life like for the two of you before you became famous? What, what, what were you, what were, again, we want everybody to go get the book, of course, but give us the preview. What was your life like? Well, first of all, get the book at Diamond and Silk. 
book.com or anywhere books are sold. Mm -hmm. But our life was like just any other person's life. You know, we were raised in a two-parent home, a Christian home. We were raised by a mother and father that taught us faith, feel as if a thing has already happened. We couldn't walk around as if we were victim. We was always victorious. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what we were going through. She never wanted us to feel like victims. You know, my parents, my mom was a sharecropper. She grew up as a sharecropper. She didn't want us to experience that. So she did everything in her power to make sure that we had a good upbringing. That's right. We had good Christian values. And we know the difference between right and wrong. And I really appreciate that about my parents. I think right now when we look at what's happening in our country, that a lot of that is missing. Mm -hmm. You know, where the parents at? You know, there's no way that our mother would have sat idly by and allowed us to go out there and just commit crimes. That's right. People stuff, steal their stuff. Absolutely not. And so they taught us those values. They taught us those Christian values. And, and that's something that we really, 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 really appreciate today. Um, also, you know, we used to work in the manufacturing. And we saw whenever uh, illegal aliens came in and took people jobs and left American citizens uh, without jobs. Uh, of course, thanks to the, to the NAFTA that Bill Clinton uh, signed into law and uh, Joe Biden supported. Um, so we saw all of that go down. We write about how it went down and how it happened. Uh, whenever then Donald Trump came along and started speaking about um, you know, bringing back jobs and securing our borders, uh, it really made sense to us because you have to really be an idiot to take and outsource jobs from the American people and not allow them to work, but allow somebody else that don't even belong here to work those jobs. So we saw that, that Donald Trump had the solutions, had the answers that was needed for such a time where you had, especially within the black community, where people was out of work, out of jobs, losing their homes, losing their vehicles. A lot of people just standing around waiting on a handout. When we saw that answer in Donald J. Trump, that's why we began stumping for Donald J. Trump. And he became the president of the United States. And even though back then it was like we was taking a chance on him, but now Look, we bet it right because within the last three and a half years, he's done more for the black community than the black president. And so uh, I know you get challenged with that statement a lot. So in your opinions, can you just give us some a list of, of some of the things? Oh, yes, I can. So that's it's so simple, yes. Okay. So first of all, President Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, here's the things that he's done for black America. A black unemployment at an all-time low. Home ownership, all-time high. Opportunity zones. First Step Act, giving people a second chance through criminal reform. The, the black president did do that. It was Donald J. Trump that did that. Okay? Giving more money to HBCUs than any other president in history. Obama cut funding to HBCUs. The black president cut the funding to HBCUs, but President Trump gave them plenty of funding, more than any president in the history. Uh -huh. yeah. Entrepreneurship was high. That's why I don't understand why these governors and these mayors, why they won't open back up their states fully. Because a lot of this here, it impacts severely uh, minority-owned business. That's right. That was 
climbing the ladder. Ladder. So he brought back prosperity is what he what he did. He brought prosperity, especially to the black community. Now you name me one thing that Barack Hussein Obama done for black America. And please don't tell me Obamacare because we got Obama with the kid without the care because he puts mandates down people's throats and telling them if you didn't get this, that didn't work. We were going to penalize you. That's right. So they were bullied into buying that. But he didn't do anything for black America. Everybody knows that. Were you ladies conservatives, uh, Republicans, before uh, Trump ran for office or, or what? We were conservative in thought, but we tended to vote Democrat because we were conditioned to vote that way. That's right. But we found that just because you're black, it didn't mean you have to vote Democrat. So you could say we went from Democrat to Trump. You can call us Trumplicans. <laughs> okay. Because we didn't, we didn't switch to the party to vote for a Republican. We switched to the party to vote for Trump. That's right. He was a Republican, and the only way we could vote for him was to become a Republican. And we did that back in uh, September of 2015 mm-hmm. so that we could vote for him in the primary and the general election. And you got to remember, too, you know, back in the day, yes, we were lifelong Democrats. And um, it was just basically something that was instilled in us that you're supposed to vote for whoever the head of the ticket was, no matter what. That was just what was instilled within the black community. And I think that it became a generational curse. Mm -hmm. But we broke that curse. Right. Because what we did is learn how to think outside of what we call the black box and realize that the Democrat Party have done absolutely nothing for the black community. But darn near decimated it, especially with, uh, we call him Jim Crow Joe, signing that 1994 uh, crime bill, and then you have Kamala Harris. He signed it and pushed it, and she invoked it. Mm-hmm. She and she is the one that enforced it. So when you have people like that within that that particular party, who is the party of slavery? When I say the party of slavery, they fought. They fought to keep black people, keep slaves enslaved. It was the Republican Party that fought to free the slaves. Another thing about the Republican Party, the Republican Party was started by black people, by black men. A lot of people don't even know that. With the Democrat Party being the party of the KKK, Jim Crow, segregation, with them being all of that, it made us as Diamond and Silk realize we can no longer vote for a system that wanted to just hand us enough to keep us quiet, but not enough to make a difference. Just hand us a few crumbs so that we can make a crumb cake versus giving us the ingredients so that we can make our own cake. And and when we saw that in in President Trump, at the time Donald Trump, he's a builder. He wants to build, build, build. We was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is who we need for such a time as this. And and as of right now, in 2020, we still need President Donald J. Trump. And so being... Republican conservatives now, what has that done with your your own personal families or, or family members? Have you convinced them to switch if they were Democrats or, or what? Well, absolutely. Listen, it, it, it didn't take a lot of convincing. President Trump, you can give him the credit for that. It wasn't only us as Democrats that switch. Family members, other people switch. President Trump have a lot of Democrats on board mm-hmm. that switch to Republicans. 
Democrats that voted for him, even in the general election, because they wanted something different. They were tired of these career politicians running things around here, working for their own greed and not the need of people, skimming from the top and leaving Americans left at the bottom, continuing to get their kickbacks and their fatty wax, line their own pockets, and the heck with the American people. And then came along the businessman, different, talk different, walk different, act different, not part of the clique. And I'm like, that's who we need. So it wasn't just diamond and silk. It was Diamond and Silk, our family members. When we spoke, what we spoke, we convinced other people to ditch and switch. And now today, they're still ditching and switching. That's right. Because who the hell said they couldn't? They could. They could. They could. That's right. Well, either one of you or maybe both of you ever consider running for any type of political office? Who knows? I just want President Donald J. Trump to continue to drain the swamp. Because yeah. I don't see myself holding any government position in Washington. And there's any type of corruption going on. Because, you know, Donald the Silk will be the first one telling everybody what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the first one telling everybody. Just like we had to inform people back in March about the inflation of, the, of these numbers. They come to find out. What we said was true. Mm-hmm. So we'll be the first one to tell you if something ain't right. We will let the public know. So he will have to clean it up. And they have to clean up their act because we don't want to tell them. Tell everybody what they're doing up there. Well, what about locally in your cities, the uh, mayor or uh, city council or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> Listen, who knows? And let me tell you, let me say it like this. If you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Mm-hmm. Because we had no plans for this. And look at what it snowballed into. So I don't know. The only thing I know is that we love this country. We stand for the flag. And we love this president. We love the 45th president of the United States. That's right. Because he said, I'm going to make America great again. And that's exactly what he did. And though we're in the midst of a pandemic, understand that if these governors open up back up their states, everything will flow the way it should flow. That's you right. know why? Because President Donald J. Trump left us in such a surplus. All they have to do is open it back up. So where do you ladies stand uh, your opinions now about this whole pandemic uh, situation as far as health is concerned? Do you, when you're out in public, do you wear a mask or your family members or just where are you with that? Well, first of all, we know that COVID-19 is real. So we're not trying to downplay it in any way. But we also know that the media manipulated the public into believing certain things, into believing in the fear mm-hmm. of this particular disease or virus with the 98% recovery rate. That has a 98% recovery and rate. And that have therapeutic medicines that can treat it. That they are restricting. From, from, from people, right. including black people. That's right. You see what I'm saying? So when we look at all of that, Though the COVID-19 is real, but the scam is all of that. You restricted medications. Yep. You deliberately inflating the numbers and putting that before the people to scare the people. See, you you're talk, weaponizing the virus. Right, against the American people, flattening livelihoods. That's right. Telling people to stay in. Listen, I believe if you want to wear a mask, you should. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe in people should mandate masks for 
everyone to wear if they don't choose to. That's you right. have people with disabilities that can't wear a mask. They have a seizure. They may not can't breathe. They may have lung issues. What about those people? So how dare you tell everybody or try to mandate everyone to do that when some people can't do that? And then you want to deny them food? You deny them going into a grocery store because they can't do it? Well, how are they going to get food? That's See, it right. reminds me back of what they told us about slavery. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they had to have masks on, too, and have you in shackles. You had to have a note to go to another plantation. From one plantation yeah, to another. another. Yeah. So it just, it just reminds me of stuff that happened uh, decades ago. Yeah, it's a form of dictatorship, tyranny, um, and conformity mm -hmm. is what it is. Uh, let's look at communist China. Why do we want the United States of America to look like and be like communist China? Uh, can I also say this here? Uh, tuberculosis back in 2018, I believe 1.5 million people died of tuberculosis. Not one time did they tell us to wear a mask. Did they tell us to go inside? Mm -hmm. to flatten the curve of that. Right. You know, uh, when we look at COVID, that's a form of a coronavirus. A cold is coronavirus. Mm -hmm. It's another form of coronavirus. The flu, is a, it, it falls in the coronavirus. That's name. right. And so, just, and just right. think about it. You know, ask yourself the question, when did uh, the virus go to school to learn how to count six feet? Right. How do you know when you're at seven feet? Mm -hmm. Just think about it. How do it know that whenever you go into a restaurant with a mask on, you sit down to eat and know to stop at your lips? Right. See, People just need to wake up and just think and have some common sense here to see exactly how this is being weaponized and used against us as American people for political reasons. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think people are starting to wake up. That's right. You know, we will believe what you say if you tell us it's a virus, okay. But if we have questions, you don't get to call us conspiracy theorists and saying we're putting out misinformation because you have, we have questions, questions about this. Especially when you're telling America that black people are disproportionately affected. Well, if these people, governors of some of these states that had the highest definitely cared about black people, you would have allowed them to use life-saving drugs that could have possibly saved, saved their, their life instead of putting them on a ventilator, which took them out of here. That's right. What do you, where do you ladies stand about the 5G technology uh, and coronavirus? Because a lot of people all over the country, out of the country, have are pointing to 5G technology as being uh, responsible behind this whole thing. So where do you ladies stand on that? We're well, we were, wait a minute, hold up. We were able to have on the doctor of uh, of the United States, Jerome, yeah. and he, he clarified that, and he told us that 5G has nothing to do with COVID-19. We had a lot of people emailing us about the same thing, and when we started asking our question about it, uh, the left said we was spreading conspiracy theory. We was a spreading conspiracy. We was asking questions that people were emailing us about. And so we had the doctor, Jerome Adams, could come on, and he explained that it has nothing to do with 5G. That's right. And finally, what do you ladies think about Kanye's West on again, off again, uh, potential run for political office, presidential office? Oh my goodness, I haven't even given it a thought because I've been so focused on the 45th president of the United States. And here's what I want everybody to do under the sound of our voice. Vote right so you won't get left. Mm -hmm. Vote red, R-E-D, remove every Democrat and vote for President Donald J. Trump. That's right. 
And my final question to close it out. <laughs> okay, what do you ladies think are one or two of the biggest misconceptions that people, especially minority people, may have about President Trump? Oh, my goodness. The two misconceptions is what they put in the media and, the, and, and people listen to. Let me tell you something about President Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump is a loving, caring president, yes, he a is. loving, caring man that cares about all Americans. That includes black America. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to like him. I didn't ask you to like him. We're telling you to vote for him. That's so right. any misconception, misconceived notion that you may feel mm -hmm. about a person is just a feeling. It's just a thought. Yeah. Take a deep cleansing breath. Release the thought. Mm -hmm. If you're on the fence about Donald J. Trump, get off the fence, walk through the gate, and go vote for him. That's what you do. That's exactly what you do. And before you go vote, we got to get your book first. Tell them again where to get your yes. book. <laughs> the book is Uprising. Who the hell said you can't ditch and switch? The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. You can get the book at diamondandsilkbook.com or anywhere where books are sold. Okay, ladies. And with that, we will shut it down and shut it out. And as always, <laughs> it's always good. And uh, uh, actually a lot of fun chatting with you. It's always good to get another side of the opinion about some of the headlines that are going on in the world and you guys you always mm -hmm. I should say you ladies you always deliver so thank you so thank much you. thank you so much and okay. thank you for having us absolutely and so hopefully maybe this time next year we'll be talking again maybe another book or maybe another project as you said let's see what god has in store for all of us and we look forward i to love it, it. Yeah. thank you and god bless you god okay. bless you take thank care you. now ladies bye-bye bye-bye Okay, thank you, Miss Diamond and Miss Silk, better known together as Diamond and Silk. So whether you love them, hate them, kind of love them, kind of dislike them, whatever your spin on it, they have a new book that you can find out even more about them. Once again, the book is titled Uprising. Who the hell said you can't ditch and switch? The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. You can get that book. You can go straight to their website. They have a very informative website, by the way. Uh, diamondandsilkinc.com. Uh, lots of lots of details and such there. Or get the book at your favorite locations. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the places where fine books are sold. So we are totally out of time. Want to thank our guest, uh, for as always, for being on our show. Jordan Steele from the Weather Channel, and of course, Diamond and Silk. And mainly, thank all of you listeners out there who support the show, write us and talk about the show and ask funny questions and such. We welcome your emails, as always, info at Film Festival Radio Show. No, not show, just Film Festival Radio. Uh, dot com info at filmfestivalradio.com. I always want to put show in there for some reason. But anyway, uh, hopefully you continue to have a very safe and fun-filled Labor Day weekend, and we'll see you guys next Saturday on our show. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. With your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Mm -hmm.